morning. All right. You know, um, before I, we, we're going to be in Colossians, I mean, uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, that's where we're going to be this morning. Um, so as we're headed into that, um, I got little announcements I want to give you. Um, and one thing is, is something God's going to really lay on my heart is um, he's called us. He's called his church, not us. He's called his church to be a church that is led by him. Amen? He's called us to be a people who are filled with his spirit and who are led by his spirit. Amen? And so, so as, as we're led by his spirit and we're consumed by him, we have to be a people that are obedient to the Holy Spirit. And so as the spirit calls us into deeper waters, the spirit calls us to, to, step, to step out into the unknown, we've got to be willing to do that. Amen? And so as we... That's my heart, and God's been really laying some things on my heart. I'm going to show, I'm going to reveal to the church in the next uh, couple weeks. But I feel like God's calling us deeper. I heard a man say this weekend, and it's just confirmation because I've been studying um, Psalms 23, and he talks about the shepherd, and he says the shepherd leads the sheep to the water. But the sheep have to be willing to drink the water. But there comes a time when the shepherd's got to go down and take a drink for himself. And so what I'm telling y'all is I'm going if y'all don't go with me. <laughs> y'all with me? We, we, we're going to pursue the things that God wants us to pursue and be the church God calls us to be because I think we have to be the people that honor God. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. So on, on the heels of that, of being spirit-led is... Is we have a CD that our church um, worship teams come together and, and they wrote a lot of this. They wrote every song on here. And to begin with, um, God really started moving their heart. And they didn't want to be uh, they didn't want to be self promoting. They really wanted to promote Christ. So every song on here is a prayer for our church. Every song is is, is written as a prayer for our church. Is written for God to use our church. And and the last one, the last song really speaks to me. It, it says signs and wonders, and, and signs and wonders testified the goodness of God. Signs and wonders show the power of God. Sit in the church on Sunday, don't. Y'all with me? I want to be a people, I want to be a church who, who experience God in a tangible way. And so today, every single one of you in this room, we're giving away. Everybody that leaves out of this auditorium is getting a free copy of, of, of the album. And because we want to put it in your hands so you to be able to be praying along with us. And so that, that's something to get excited about. Amen? Give you something free. Three weeks in a row. You know what I'm talking about? But um, anyway, the, the last thing um, I just want to share with you guys is, is, is God's called us to be a church of prayer, not just a church we come to. And so... Um, if God's calling you deeper in your walk with God and you want to, to, to be able to be a part of the prayer team, get, go to the next steps and sign up. Um, and, but I would love for you to be a part of that team. Um, I would love to be able to sit down with you and show you what the, those next steps entail. I would love to walk with you through that. So um, we will only be as powerful as our prayer life. Amen? We will only be as powerful as our prayer life. So if, if we as a church have a very small group of people who really pray, then we'll have a very small impact. When we have, a, we have a, a gigantic amount of people who are praying intentionally for God to move, 
then we're going to make a big impact. And so that's who God's called us to be. That's what we're going to be, all right? And so um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses uh, 6 through 15. Before I read those, I want to give you some context and a confession, okay? I want to give you some context and a confession. So the context is this. As you read through the Bible this past week, I hope you did, through our 412 plan, you would have read through chapters 8 and chapters 9. And, and in that is, is Paul talking to the church of Corinth and really leading them in giving a gift to the church of Macedonia. And so he's talking about their generosity, talking about that their generosity and how much that they, um, he's really promoting them to be a generous people. But he was promoting them to give it to another church, them to go above and beyond. He didn't say tithe, he said being generous, right? To this other church. Because Paul was trying to promote unity, right? Because when we as churches work together, we're unified, amen? It's not about this church, it's about the church, right? And so, and so that's what Paul was doing. He was, he was trying to teach them how to take care of each other. And see, we've got to get, do a better job of that in the kingdom. But that's what Paul was trying to teach the people in Corinth to do. But also, as you read through this, this is, it was a special kind of missionary offering that he was telling tell them to the people in Corinth to give to the church of Macedonia. But as we read through this stuff, it is some very practical stuff really basic principles related to Christian stewardship. Because you can't be a generous giver if you don't plan to be. Amen? And so we're going to be talking not about money. We're going to be talking about giving generously. And one confession that I have to give you is since I was going through this, and really as, as all the pastors at Connection Church were going through this material about months ago, it really convicted us because it showed us that the church... The church is taught on money from the wrong perspective for a long time. Some of y'all's antenna just come up. We taught on money wrong. It's, we've made it more like it's a legalistic obligation than it is that you give to God out of the thankfulness of your heart. It's nothing to throw a $5 bill in an offering with no heart behind it. And God don't want your money. He wants your heart. And so I think how the church has taught money is probably one of the most mis misrepresented things in the world now because we've taught it almost like, okay, I got the tea. The budget's looking bad. I'm guilty. The budget's looking bad. I better preach on money because them folks got to give. If not, we're going to be able to turn the lights on. We're walking by sight instead of by faith. God wants us to be a people who walk by faith. And, and I'm guilty of walking by sight. And so I think what, what, what God wants us to be, he wants us to be people who give, but give with a generous heart. And that's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to be talking about giving out of a generous heart this morning. And today I want you to, I, want, I just want I want you to allow the Spirit of God to, to talk to you. I want you to allow the Spirit of God to convict you, to correct you, but also to lead you into where you are with your finances, where you are with, with things. And, and I want to make a prerequisite on this, okay? I want you to understand. God don't need your money. But 
where your money is shows where your heart is. And you know, and it's a scary thing to be a preacher and to say that. Because you can't do ministry without money. Y'all with me? Start talking about money and everybody put their poker face on. You can't do ministry without money, but you can't do ministry without faith. And, and I think one thing that the people, I know me, I know, I, we, we, we preached on money as, as a way of like, all right, you got to give, you got to give, you got to give. You know what? I want you to give out of your heart, not out of obligation. Because when you start giving out of obligation, it's out of the wrong heart. It's not because you love Jesus, it's because you want to make me happy. And I don't want you to make me, I want you to make Jesus happy. Amen? And so with that said, we're going to take up a second offering after this. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So today we're going to really we're going to see what generosity can do in the life of a follower of Christ. Okay, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, we just come to you, Lord. Um, God, we thank you for uh, just your joy and the peace that your Spirit gives. I thank you, God, how you are a God that that makes a way. God, you make a way for joy. You make a way for happiness. God, you make a way for just for contentment, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, for making a way for my salvation. But most of all, God, I thank you for making a way that all of us in this room get the opportunity to walk with you every day. Father, I pray this morning you would speak to us in a powerful way. I pray, God, that you would change our minds, you would change our hearts, that, God, you would break strongholds that are in us, Lord. God, I pray by the name above all names, by the name of Jesus Christ, that we would hear you today. And we would act on what you say. So move us, correct us, change us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen? All right. Look here. There's, there's, there's less people than there was last week, so y'all got the amen twice as loud and twice as much. Amen? amen. All right. Now, I before, I just got to tell y'all this. You know what? You know why we amen? You know why we amen? It's an agreement, right? It's not to make me feel good about my preaching, which it does some days, but it's not that. We amen to be in agreement. See, when you, we agree, we're cutting away strongholds. When you agree with the word that is spoken, it's you're telling Satan to shut up that you agree to God's word. So sometimes, God, you sit there. Sometimes you sit there every Sunday with this stronghold in your mind. You can't really just receive it because you're not agreeing with what's being said. So when we say amen, it's a vocal recon recognizing. Amen. We're cutting the tie. Y'all with me? Amen. I'm getting it. I'm with you. All right. So this morning is going to be a lot more teachy than, than, than I like, but this is kind of how God laid, me, laid on my heart to share this, so we're going to go that way. So 2 Corinthians 9, chapter, chapter 9, verses, verse 6. We're going to start. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your, stone, your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And though, and I mean, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of service, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. As for your generosity in sharing with them, with everyone, and with everyone else. And in their prayers, for you, their hearts will go out to because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And you know, when you read that, Paul is, is, is trying to commend the people of giving this gift to, to, the, to, to another church. See, giving generously is giving when it hurts, right? Giving generously is, is giving above and beyond, not just giving. And so the premise about giving is God wants us to give money. People, you start preaching about money in the church, and boy, you ready to start stumping on somebody's toes. I want to tell you something. I ain't worried about what shoe you wore to church this morning. Amen? I, I want us to understand that this is God's word. And see, God wants us to give back because he's already given us. He owns everything. He owns the jobs. He owns the money. He owns the money in your savings account and checking account. Amen? He owns everything. And so if we don't want to, if we're going to hold back, and we're saying, God, I don't trust you, what we do with our money often shows what we believe about God more than what we profess. Because for so many of us, especially in America, we are extremely blessed to have and be fortunate to have things and have material things, but the things rule us instead of the spirit inside of us. And if we don't keep that thing in check, we will, we will have idols in our life and not really follow God. And so what he's trying to do is he's trying to make these people understand in Corinth about generosity. The first thing about generosity is you'll read in this first section is generosity is for me and you. Generosity is for us, okay? He talks about sowing and reaping, this, this principle of sowing and reaping. See, it's an opportunity for you to grow in giving. It's an opportunity for you to grow. It might be an area that God's calling you to grow in, grow in faith in, but it's an opportunity to grow. When we're, and I love this principle because sowing and reaping, it's a, it's, a, it's a generic principle in farming. You can't expect to get corn if you don't plant no seed, right? You can't expect to get a crop if you're not putting stuff in. And so you can't expect... To receive things of God if you're not putting in. And I'm not talking about much money. I'm talking about time. You can't, experience, you can't expect to have a relationship with God if you're not putting in time with God. Amen? And so, so what, this, 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 this thing of sowing and reaping. See, so generosity is for us. I, my, my biggest, my, my word, Russ always says, is intentionality. We got to be intentional with our money, right? So I got two more eyes for you. When we're intentional, we will get increase. 
When you're intentional, you get increased. This ain't the name it and claim it thing, okay? But it says that you, that you plant. Those who sow will reap, right? That's not meaning that if you put a 20 in the offering plate, you're going to get back 100 tomorrow, right? That's not what it means. That don't mean that if, that if you feel like God's telling you to give a crazy amount of money to, to an organization or to a family, and that you give that, then God's going to, tomorrow, he's going to deposit that back into your account. That ain't what that means. See, if I give to the, to the kingdom, if I give to God, I'm going to receive things back that money can't buy. I'm going to receive trust in God that I've never had before. I'm going to receive things that I would never have gotten if I hadn't have given, right? I'm going to receive more faith. I'm going to receive those things. That if, you're not, if you're not sowing into the kingdom of God, then you're not going to reap anything. And so many of us are stagnant because our giving is contingent on our budget, and our budget is contingent upon our possessions. And we are a slave to the lender. So generosity is for us so we can increase, we can experience God. I, I love this. It says he, Romans 8.32 says, How that, he that, sorry, he that spared his own son, but did not deliver him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I just butchered that all up and read it again. He that, spareth, he that spareth not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What he's saying is, even though that God gave his own son, he didn't hold back. He didn't hold Jesus back. He knew that Jesus was what we needed. So he didn't hold back Jesus. He gave us everything he had so that we would know him. Why should we hold anything back? Generosity is, is something when we really give to God, there's a freedom in that. It's a freedom that you're, 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 you're saying, God, I trust you with this stuff. I'm not talking about giving in ignorance. I'm not talking about giving, you know, I'm going to give $1,000 and you got 50 bucks in your checking account. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, not talking about, I'm talking about really when God's putting things in your heart to give, you be obedient to the Spirit and you give. And a lot of times we are not allowed, we're not being led by God to give because that's not an area in our life that we trust God in. But God says those, if you sow, you will reap. The second one is Intent. Second I word is intent. You have to intent. See, as we reap and as we sow, we got to reap and sow with the right methods, with the right motives, right? A farmer can go out and plant seed. It don't matter why he planted it. He can plant it to get a lot of money. He can plant it just to get by. He can plant it so that everybody can think he's a great farmer. But see, when you sow into the kingdom of God, it's got to be out of the right heart. See, religion tells you that you can, that you got to give. That you got to give out of obligation. You got to give. You got to give. You got to give. You got to give. And so we come to God. When the offering plate comes by, we give. We, we, if we got 20 bucks, we give 20 bucks. If we got five, we give five. We give out of obligation, not out of a generosity of what God's done in my heart. Y'all with me? Talk about money. Oh, we went from 20 to five. It's about our motives. Verse 7 says that. He says, each of you should give what you have, decide in your heart to give. 
what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. The intent, the motive behind why you are giving. That's, that, means that, every, that, means that, that means everything. Our, our motives matter. So you've got to have a heart to please God. Uh, money's one of the things when, in, in giving. I, I remember... I wasn't going to tell this, but I'm going to tell it now. I remember coming home one day and, 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 and not having a plan about giving. And somebody approached me and needed some money, and I felt bad for them. So I went, and, and, I, and I took some money out of my account, and I gave them the money. Well, I didn't know the bills because my wife pays the bills. I didn't plan to give. I gave. It was my heart to give. And my wife, got, I got home and told my wife, yeah, I gave so, many, so much money to so-and-so. And she was like, out of what account? Well, out of, out of, out of, I don't know. I mean, out of the, one, the only card I got. I mean, I don't know. Out of the, I got the debit card went there and got some money. She was like, why'd you do that? Because they asked me to. Did God tell you? Maybe. I'm being real. That's how it happens at our house. Uh, okay. Well, all right. I got to figure it out because this is hitting. This is this is this. It's is, is going to be a tight month, and you just gave all the cushion away. Oh, really? And then the horns come out, and she's like, "You should have told me." Like it was. I just did. It just happened. You see, I'm. I got a generous heart. But I've learned that people will play on a generous heart. I got a generous heart because I know what he's done for me. I know what God's done in my life. I know that when I give generously, I have the treasures that he's given me. I have the trust that he's going to take care of things. My wife was freaking out about the money. I was like, it's all right. God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. And he did. But see, the reasons we give are sometimes jacked up. The reason I gave was not really because thus saith the Lord. It's because I wanted to. Sometimes I give out of obligation, and that's not the heart that God wants you to give out of. Sometimes it's the fear of man that you're scared that if you don't give somebody some money, they're going to talk about you because you're supposed to be a follower of Jesus, and the people who follow Jesus are supposed to give them money. Y'all with me? Real talk. And it's not about that. It's about your heart. And, and, and you know, what, what I've started doing is what I, if somebody needs something outside of, my gener outside of my giving to the church, if somebody needs something, I go and pray first. God, discern. He Give me discernment for their heart. Show me if this is legit. Show me if this is what you have me to do. Because it's not my money. It's his, right? We've got to be good stewards. But it's all about the intent in which we give. But when we give with the right heart, we get so much back. You're not going to expect, don't expect to get anything back from God if you're giving out of obligation. Don't expect to get any blessings from God if you're giving to make yourself look good. Don't, don't do that. So many people give, and, and they give a lot of money to the church, for they get out of serving God in the church because they think their money holds precedent over that. And that's jacked up. Some people don't give because 
They just don't have a heart to give. Our heart shows what has us. And when we give, it's like a, I don't know, it's evidence of what has us. Start preaching on money and it gets quiet up in here. But see, it reveals our heart. See, 7b in, in, in verse 8, it's, I'm going to read it again, but he says, For each of you should give what is decided in your heart. It reveals our heart to give, not reluctantly or to any others in compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now, he didn't say that you give and you will become a cheerful giver, right? See, it, it isn't. So a lot of times we give so we can get, don't we? We give to God so we can get. I want to give to God so I can get some peace. Look, my week's been horrible. I want to throw an extra five in there, and let's see what God does this week for me. Come on, anybody been there? I'm the only pagan in the room. I, I, I used to think about it. When I didn't know Jesus, I mean, if I had a bad week, we're going to throw another 20 in there. Maybe it's going to get better this week. Like I'm trying to buy God off. Some of y'all got your poker face on. Know you're lying to me. You won't even look at me. But that's the thing. It's like, but, but when, when I really give with a, with a generous heart and my heart is right, man, I will give cheerfully. I remember we, we went to a, it was a, it was a, um, Christmas auction one year and Sabrina and I were talking about giving and I said alright I'm not going to ask you, you know, we're super spiritual but I'm not going to ask you, you're not gonna, we get there I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what God laid on my heart and then you're going to tell me what God laid on my heart and we're going to give that thinking that we're going to have the same heart right so we get ready and the auction gets up and, and man there's something that I was going to buy and it got up to about 300 about 400 dollars we didn't have that much money in, 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 the, in the backup account then. And I was like, I'm living on faith, living on faith, living on faith. Let's bring I was like, that's the amount God told me. She said, that ain't what he told me. <laughs> I was like, what, what you mean? What you mean? She said, he was speaking to me about 125. <laughs> I said, well, why'd you say something? Well, I thought he was speaking to you. So I was just waiting. I said, well, he spoke to me. Well, we ended up, God ended up really uh, speaking to her. And, uh, and so she changed her mind because I raised my hand and got it anyhow. And, and, and we, we spent that, and it was, but it, what it was for both of us, it was a trust because, you remember that? Yeah, you do. You don't be lying in church. It, it was one of them things where we got in the truck and, and we, we wrote the check. And Sabrina was like, we got to run to the bank. So we, we beat the bank there. You know what I'm saying? We beat the check there. I don't want it to bounce. But it, we, we were living on faith. But what it did was, we didn't have to do that. Something that we didn't clear. To, anyway, it was a long story, but it, teased, it taught both of us what it meant to rely on faith. I honestly felt like God told me $375 was the amount of money you were supposed to spend. And that's where that thing got to. And nobody else bid it on it. And it was going once, going twice. I said, sold! And Sabrina was like, we're going to eat beanie weenies for seven months. But when we, get, when, we, when we did that, like it taught both of us. Like it stretched us. But on the other side, I knew what I felt like God said. And we were okay. And God grew us in those things. You know, we think about giving and, and, and we think about the importance of giving. See, giving is an act of worship. Giving is actually an act of worship. When we give, 
especially giving generously, it's, it's an act of saying, God, here it is. We, we can't expect God to bless what we're holding on to, right? We got to let go of things. And it's easy for us to let go of emotions, but don't talk about my money. See, to grow an act of worship, each member has to come to the Lord. I, I love this because in the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament, when, when they would come, like, they would come to the tabernacle and they would bring their money for the week, right? They would, they would, they would, they would get their money, they were going to give to the Lord, and they would save it up all week long. And when they came to, the, to, to really worship the Lord, they would come and they would give the money. And it was like, this is my worship. This, 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 is, this is, I have set this aside for you, God. Because of how good you've been to me, I'm going to give this to you. And it was an act of worship. How many of us, when we give to God, it is an actual act of worship, out of gratitude and thankfulness of what he's done? God really convicted me of that one time. I got, a, I got a huge promotion, and the first thing I thought about was what I was going to buy next. And God really quickened me. He's like, I didn't give you that promotion to enhance your lifestyle. I gave you that promotion so you could give more money to the kingdom. I'm like, well, that ain't fair. But, but that's what God started doing. He, 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 he gave me a promotion and it made room for me to start giving generously. And so, as I, and I remember coming to church right after he spoke to me that and we wrote that first tithe check out and, and it was, we wrote I remember writing the, the, the 10% out, and then we gave above that. And, and when we gave that money to God, it was like saying, God, thank you so much. It, it, was, it was worship. It was appreciation for what he had already done. See, sometimes God's not going to change where we are right now because we don't appreciate him in where we are right now. He's not going to make you grow. He's not going to give you more money. He's not going to bless you financially anymore if you're not thanking him for where you are right now. If you, he can't trust you with a little, how's he going to give you a lot? And so giving is an act of worship in those days. I love, in, in the same way, in those days, giving was, was a systematic thing. Like when they came to give, they had planned it out. They didn't just show up and it's like... All right, I got a dollar and 27 pounds of lint. And we're going to put this in the bucket. No, they had planned it out. You know why they had planned it out? Because they were thankful for what God was doing in their life. See, you can't give generously unless you're planning on it. You can't. And I, when I counsel couples, a lot of times I tell them, you know, you need, that, you need to plan to give God. I don't tell them 10% anymore. You need, to, you need to give God what's God's, what God's leading you to give. The tithe is the floor, not the ceiling. And so giving God the 10%, but you also need to plan to give with other things because if you're not budgeted to give generously, you won't give. And God gave us money to give, not to, not to hold on to. And so, when, to, to, so I, I, I often... Counsel couples, and I encourage them, set you up a second account so you can put money in monthly to give throughout the year. And at the end of the year, if you haven't, no opportunities have come for you to use that money to give, give it to an organization or give it to the church. But if you don't plan to give outside of your normal giving, 
to God, you won't ever do it. See, they planned on giving. They, they set it aside. They didn't have checking accounts, all that stuff. They, they would put it up, probably in a coffee, if they had coffee back then, they would put it in a coffee can. Y'all with me? They would put it in a jar. They put it up somewhere. This, this is God's before I'm going to spend mine. Right? It was in their plan. It was in their mind. Before they even went to the grocery store, before they even went and paid the light bill, before they did anything, they took that money and put it up. Are we doing that? Or are we just giving as the wind blows? Because being a generous giver, we have to really think about planning it out. See, the intentionality that they had to set things aside, if, if today's church members were, were so systematic in their thinking as these people were, as they handled their finances, the Lord's work wouldn't suffer as much as it does. There wouldn't be churches that were closing. There wouldn't be, ministry, there wouldn't be missionaries that had to come home because of lack of support. There wouldn't be those things. But God's called us to be people who are generous. See, giving was personal and it was individual. Giving was a personal thing. Paul expected each one of these members to give to this offering, right? He expected each one of them to, to give, the rich or the poor. It didn't matter where you were, which camp you sat in. Give according to what you have. Y'all with me? That's what he was saying to them. So many times we equate, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I can't give because... I'm financially strained. Well, get out of being financially strained. Ask God to help you so that you can give. Because when you give to the kingdom, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, you ain't got to give it to this church. Y'all with me? When you give to the kingdom, things change in your life. Because money is no longer a stronghold. And if you can't give, plan to give. Because Paul expected everyone to give, and I believe God does too. God wants all of us to be people who are giving our money back to him because he gave it to us. See, giving also has a propitiation. I, I probably butchered that word, but y'all know what I meant. You know, I, because believers, they, they were... they were giving more and more and more. See, Jewish believers in the church... They had a custom of the tithe, right? But, but Paul, he didn't mention just any special portion, right? He didn't say 10%, did he? Did he say 10%? That's what we hold to, ain't it? Because 10% is my get-out-of-jail-free card. I can give my 10% and I can do what I want to with the other 90. No smiles. Everybody that's mean-mugging me right now. He wants us to give generously. See, the trouble is too many people, as we earn money, as we earn money, we, we involve ourselves with more and more financial obligations. And then what happens is we're not giving money to the Lord, we're giving money to ourselves. And if we're not careful, we are spending rather than investing in the kingdom. See, when we give money to the kingdom, we're investing in the lives of other people. Our money is investing in the kingdom. We're investing in other people being saved. We're investing in, in lives being transformed. We're investing in lives being changed. We can't think about just giving money. I, I wonder how many souls have been saved by the money that, that I've given to the church. I wonder how many souls have been changed by, by the money I've given to organizations. I wonder how much money, I wonder how many souls have been saved, how many hearts have been softened by when someone had come to me with a need and I, and I gave them. Same thing with you. 
See, Paul made it clear in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 that, that Christians should be given, Christian giving is like a grace, right? Y'all remember what grace is? The ability for God to do in me what I can't do in myself. Y'all with me? So for me to be able to give generously, I can't do that my own, my own self because I'm selfish. Anybody else in here selfish? Amen. We got some, we got some people that are really being real today. But I'm selfish, and so what's going to happen, if I'm not pressing into God, if I'm not saying, God, I want to be a cheerful giver, I want to be a generous giver, what's going to happen is when it comes time to give generously, Jeremy's going to be looking at that Benelli shotgun, and he's going to say, but God, you know I need that gun. But God, you know I need this. We got the plan for it. See, I, I love this thing because when our hearts are open to God, our hands can't be closed. So an open heart can't have a closed hand. We can't have an open heart to God and say, this is mine, and I'm doing with it what I want because all of it is God's. Our hands should be open so that whatever God gives us, he can take out. And it's okay because we realize this is not mine. This is God's. If he gives me a million dollars, hallelujah. But if he takes it back, I'm okay. Because I'm not in love with the money. I'm in love with God. There's so many people, and I know, I know. It's hard. Money is a hard thing. It was hard for me for so long because... That was one of the stressors in our marriage for so long. Because I remember growing up and living without. I remember being, from when I was one, from when I was born to when I was probably 13 years old, we lived in a single wide trailer that, that had two bedrooms and the floor was rotten in the bathroom. And, and I, I remember we lived across from a stockyard and, and, and I remember rats, big old rats, coming in. And, 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 I, I promised there was one morning I got up to go hunting when I was a child and there was a rat dragging a loaf of bread down the hall. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. Ask my daddy. I remember that. And I swore to myself, I ain't going there. I ain't going there. I, I ain't doing that. And I made my whole mission about not, about becoming something. And, and I was so stingy with my money because of how I had grew up. And, and my daddy was really stingy and he wouldn't, we wouldn't go nowhere. My mama would go off somewhere and I hated it because we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the whole week. If we went somewhere, daddy would make me make a sandwich and we wouldn't stop. I didn't know what McDonald's tastes like until I was a teenager. I ain't lying to you. And not, not throwing off of my daddy, I love him, but since then he's come off of it a little bit. Grandchildren will do that to you. but. I think what, what happened was we, we get so consumed with what we don't have and we forget what we have in Christ. And we look at our neighbors and we think about, I, I, we look at their happiness, which is most of the time fake, and we think, you know what, if I could just have these things, I'd be happy. And we get ourselves in financial turmoil trying to have the happiness that they portray when they're just as miserable as anybody else. And we put ourselves in financial strain trying to keep up with our neighbors, trying to keep up with people on Facebook. Lord, help, that's another sermon. But 
we try to do those things and we put ourselves in financial bind and we can't give to God. We can't experience that grace that God wants to give you and show you because we're so consumed with ourselves. But when you truly give generously, when you truly give out of a heart that I'm giving this to God, I'm, I'm giving this because of what God's done for me. I'm giving this for what God's doing in me. I'm thankful for the deposit of the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. And if God tells me to write a check for everything in my savings and checking account, my wife might stroke, but I'm going to do it. You know, one of the greatest blessings I think we had is when I was a child, I had fantasized of what I would have. And we found it when we moved and, and I drew on this piece of paper when I was 12 years old. A picture of a house and a pond and a driveway. And when I was 12. And we lived in a single wide our whole life and we, we fixing to build a house and God opened the door for us to buy this place and where we live at right now the day we moved in I opened up that thing and I told Sabrina I said oh my God and she said what I said I drew this when I was 12 years old and this is exactly what we have right now it looks exactly what I had drawn. And I looked at Sabrina and I said, baby, God's blessed us with this because there's no reason why we should have it. But here's the thing. If God tells us to sell this, we can't idolize what we have for sake of the gospel. We've got to use what he's given us to promote Christ. If he tells us to leave it, we got to leave it. I'm sitting there holding this piece of paper thinking about sacrifices thinking about money giving thinking about all these things and I didn't have a generous heart when I first started following Christ but through following him he cultivated it by every extra dollar I would give him and every time I would give sacrificially it would stretch my faith every time I would give more and it, it, he who sows reaps and I'm not telling you that to, saying that he's going to give you desires of your heart I'm just saying that's what happened I, I, I sowed and, and we reaped that And but one thing God constantly tells us is you can't idolize the possession you've got to idolize me and we talk about it often we get ridiculed sometimes when people come to our place and they're like oh, how's a preacher living this I don't know I honestly don't know People say, oh, you got like, I ain't going to call the pastor, but they say, you got like this pastor, or this is like Joel Osteen's place. And that used to make me mad, but now it's like, you know what? This is a testimony. It might not be to you, but it's a testimony to me. Every time I go home to the faithfulness of God. And every time I pull on that driveway, I tell my God how thankful I am. But I also tell him, I'll sell it in a minute if you tell me to do something different. I ain't above going back to live in that single wide trailer that I grew up in. I'll live in a tent if Jesus tells me to.
we can't allow the blessings that he gives us to override the grace he wants to bestow upon us. And God wants all of you in this room to be a generous giver. Not for the church's sake, not for my sake, but for his sake. Because when we give to the kingdom, it shows the world around us that has such a stronghold on money that he's the king of my life. And this Benjamin is. last thing and I'll close on is that generosity is for other people. Verses 12 through 15 talks about how they were given to the people in Jerusalem. They were given to other people. See, other people reap the benefit of your generosity and because of your generosity, they see Christ in you. See, there's people that I've been able to witness to that were shut off to Christianity before I opened up my checkbook and said, what you need? People don't care about what you know. They care about who you know. But you can't show them who you know until you show them that you care. Amen? And we've got to be intentional with that. Generosity is not for you to get blessings from God, but it's for you to be a blessing to other people as well. The cool thing about this offering that Paul was, not one penny of it was going to this church in Corinth. Not one penny was going to them. It was going to another church. It was going to other people. I love, in other, in other writings of Paul, he encouraged the church to give to the church in Jerusalem, right? That was, that was struggling. He was getting these Gentiles and getting them to give money to this church that didn't even like them. For unity's sake. Would you be willing to give money, give, give time, give anything to someone that hates your guts? Sometimes that's the only thing that's going to bridge the gap of indifference. Showing that I love you enough. See, the result in giving, the result in it is that the mission of God moves forward. When we give generously, the move of God moves forward. That's why it's such a joy to give. Not that you can't buy that new F-150 or that new F-250 or that new truck or new car, whatever. It's not that. It's that you get to put money and invest it in the kingdom mindset so that other people can know Jesus. Man, that's, that's awesome to me. See, when we give generously, it's not just for me, it's not just for others, but it's also for God. That giving is a response to the grace of God, not a rule, right? So generosity is a result of me being thankful to God and praising God. See, that's, that's something else that's awesome. And I'm going to try not to get cranked up, but that's what's something that's also awesome is that when I give, I'm giving praise to God. I'm always, it's a sacrifice. When's the last time when you gave to God? It was a sacrifice. I'm saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. I adore you. I thank you so much for what you've done here. And the church has taught for years that you got to give your 10%. And if you don't, you're going to bust hell wide open. And that's a lie. 
If you're not moved by the Spirit of God to give, don't give because God don't want your obligated money. It's like blood money. It's like you're trying to pay for something. He don't want you to pay for it. He's already paid the price of your sins. He wants you to give because you're thankful for what he's done. He wants you to give because you appreciate the sacrifice of his son. He wants you to give for those reasons, not an obligation. And if we give for any other reason, we're just following some kind of religious method instead of a sovereign, holy God. And I know this is rocking some of y'all's mentality and thinking, but, you know, as Joshua said, it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But for me and my house, I want you guys to give with a joyful heart. I want you to give to the kingdom of God out of a joy. So if it's obligation, if, it, if, it's, if it's bitterness, if it's pain to give money to God, don't give it. Because he don't need it. He wants your heart. He don't want your money. But when that is the case, that should show you that there's something wrong with your heart. God don't want your money. He wants your heart. And so I'm going to open the altar up. And if, if you realize that money is an issue, like, like it's hard for you to trust God. If, if it's hard for you to give anything to God. It's hard for you to, to do those things. It, you, you justify not giving God money. You justify not giving generously. If there's things in your heart, you need to deal with them this morning. Because I'm convinced that apart from my testimony, the way I handle my money speaks more of what I believe than anything else. The Bible says that wherever you're treasure is, that your heart will be also. Isaiah 32, 8 says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. So I want you to ask yourself a question. What is my focus? What is the focus of my finances? What is the focus of my generosity? Is it to please me? Is it to please God? Is there room do I give with a joyful heart? My aim in preaching this sermon today, church, is not for you to go back and say, let me, let me change the money I'm putting in an offer plate. It was for you to search your heart and say, God, I want to be right with you because I don't want my money to be a stronghold in my life. I'm not interested in money. I'm interested in your heart. If your heart's right, everything else is going to work out. Amen? And money is a heart condition. It's a heart problem. It's not a checkbook issue. I, I know so many brothers and, and sisters in the faith that, that live off faith. I, I got a man that I know that, that he said that the land he lives on and the house he lives in was given to him, and he just prayed for God to give him somewhere to stay. And it just somebody called and the next, about a week later and said, Hey, brother. I know you're new in town. I just want to bless you with this place. Why don't you come stay? And it was supposed to be temporary. And he stayed there a couple months. And the guy said, God laid on my heart to give you this. So he gave him this house and his land. Because he was walking by faith. And those stories amazed me because I was like, I want to have that type of faith. But you won't have that type of faith unless you let go. So let's be the people, amen? Stand up.
God's moving in your heart, let's come and pray. If, if you need help, let's pray. If you need deliverance from something, let's pray. If money has a stronghold in your life, come give it to God. If you've, if you've realized that, that you're not a generous person, that you're a stingy person, won't you come and give that to God? If you realize that, that, that money has a stronghold on you, let's give it to God. If you're sitting there saying, you know what? God has blessed me financially. God, show me where I can invest more. Let's give that to God today. Amen? So as Gresham plays, y'all do business with God. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what? I don't know Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I want to give my life to Him. Find me at the church. And I always give an altar call and I always pursue those people that, that are that I feel like need Jesus, but God's prompted me because money has a stronghold in so many of our lives and it dictates every decision. It dictates our emotions and it's a stronghold. And we've got to learn not to rely on the lender, not to rely on the money, not to rely on anything, but to rely on God. And so if, 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 if your money, if your checking account, if all these things affect your emotions, your security, all those things, you've got too much faith in your money and not in God. So let's deal with the issues at hand and ask God to give you faith. Ask God to, to, to give, help you overcome the fear. Help God to, ask God to help change your heart in these things. But let's be real. Let's be genuine. Let's don't act like we got it together. Let's be the authentic people of God. Father, I come to you right now, and I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts. And I pray, God, that we would be a people that are generous, not just in money, but in our time, in the talent that you give us, Lord, that we would be people who are willing to be poured out for the sake of you because of what you've done for us. God, money is so hard because we hold on to it so tightly. But God, I pray for those of us that are just holding our money and holding on to things. God, I pray that you would show us where we can invest and what we can do to glorify you. God, change us. God, move in us. And I pray that those who have ears, they would hear what your spirit is saying.